0: This is The Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Now, here's Jason Jones. Aloha, everybody, and welcome to The Jason Jones Show. I am your host, Jason Jones, broadcasting from the rainy, cold hill country of Texas and uh, but it is good to be back home I have been on the road for over a month I carried my podcast equipment with me and I was hoping to do shows but it was a busy month I went to the Middle East I went to Europe went to the UK uh, then I had to go to San Diego in Wisconsin and now I'm back home and uh, before I begin with the show the title of the show is give us Barabbas John wanted to come on and talk about his, one of his great articles. I thought Good Friday was the perfect day to do this, and I needed to get back on the air with you. Um, but before we get to the show, I just want to give you a little brief update on what I have been doing for the past month. I went to the Middle East uh, and Europe primarily to build out our partnerships so that we could better serve the vulnerable communities in Afghanistan the ethnic and religious minorities, including Hazara, including Christians and others, and the widows and orphans of our Afghan allies who are killed in action, along with sustaining our safe houses where we have former Afghan allies and religious minorities in neighboring countries, and we're working to resettle them. So I I traveled to the Middle East and to Europe to build those partnerships. As you might have seen in a news story, um, thanks to a partnership with another organization, we were able to Um, With several other organizations, actually, uh, we were able to get 20 girls wounded in an ISIS attack, not only free surgery, surgical medical care, uh, because they were severely wounded in an ISIS attack on their school, but Merylis Pinheiro, our diplomatic liaison working in Spain, was able to get five free years of education for these young women. Uh, including one year of intensive Spanish and then four-year degree program of their choice. This covers everything, tuition, housing, and food. So that was a massive success. I went to the UK. I had meetings in London. Then I went to Manchester, England, where uh, my good buddy Dave Light fought for the Cruiserweight Championship of the World. He fought. Uh, he lost a decision, uh, which was amazing, fighting the best Cruiserweight and the world, and he had VPP on his uh, walkout shirt. And his whole team had VPP on the back of his shirt. Um, that was a, not only was that a free sponsorship, we didn't pay to sponsor this, this cruiserweight champ, but he, um, he made a nice donation to us, him and his family. So that was great. And then I had to go to uh, San Diego. My daughter gave birth. And then I've spent the past week uh, visiting a friend of mine who is under hospice care. And she's a dear friend, and her husband is on the board of directors of the Vulnerable People Project, and she is the godmother to my daughter, Anne Hawking. So please pray for her, and uh, she'll be, you know, the doctor say meeting the Lord this week. So my daughter and I went to visit her and her husband, Deacon Rick, and uh, just made it back home yesterday after two days at the airport because of these crazy tornadoes. So that's what I've been doing. It's been, it's been very busy, and there's a lot more to unpack on what I have been doing over the past month, and I'm going to have Marilis and Prince Wafa on to talk about all that we've been doing, but that's just sort of a snapshot, 33,000-square-foot uh, view, which I've had a lot of lately as I've been flying over the world. Okay, so today, we're going to have John on. Uh, John said something in the middle of the show, the crowd always chooses Barabbas, that's the title. What we're going to talk about today is, I always say that my organization, the Vulnerable People Project, is a Good Friday organization, and that's, that's a conscious decision. It's really more just a pep talk to myself. And what does that mean to be a Good Friday organization? It means to stand with the vulnerable when you want to run. Stand when you want to quit. When you want to hide, when you want to slink away, stand. When you're tired, when you're being kicked in the face, um, continue to stand. That's what we do. That doesn't mean that we don't get, we don't feel fear. That doesn't mean that we don't. I will, I will, I will say that I I feel despondent often, confused, tired, frustrated. I never despair, but I can feel despair creeping in sometimes. That's when you want to serve the vulnerable. I want to be at the foot of the cross on Palm Sunday. When everyone's waving our Lord in, I want to be fishing, to tell you the truth, because I don't like crowds. If I have to be there, by God's grace, let me be the donkey that our Lord is riding in on. I'll be the donkey. But I want to be there on Good Friday. I want to be there when everyone has left. John said something in the interview that was brilliant. He said, I don't think John, the beloved disciple, John would have been at the cross if Mary wasn't there he said it, I realized that in many ways, maybe he wasn't at the foot of the cross. He was at the foot of Mary. He couldn't let her be there alone. So when she said, I'm going, he's like, Ugh, I'll go with you. And so courage is contagious. So Our Lady was at the cross. So Mary and John showed up. And that's what we're called to be. And it's challenging. It's challenging to stand with the truly vulnerable in a way that serves them. And it is easy to cheer the mob along into destruction. It was easy leading up to the invasion of Iraq to say this was the best thing ever. And John, uh, uh, you know, National Review basically wrote an article excommunicating all of us who oppose the invasion of Iraq. Um, To support border security or E-Verify, because you care about migrants, you don't want them trapped in a dangerous under economy and be exploited, will get you called names. But to support... Uh, Open borders, uh, human trafficking, uh, chaos, a border controlled by coyotes and drug dealers, fentanyl pouring in will get you called loving and kind. To support um, trans ideology will get you called progressive and open-minded and thoughtful and kind. But to say this is lunacy to mutilate children, this is insane, is to get you called a bigot. You see how this works? So today's Good Friday. Rene Girard, in an essay that he wrote, and and I'll put it in the show notes, Peter's Denial, um, he he explains it. You know, that the only thing more powerful than the spirit of the crowd is the Holy Spirit. The only thing more powerful than the spirit of the crowd is the Holy Spirit. And he, he points out that even Peter was swept away by the crowd. That woman says, you're with him. He's like, not me. Of course, he repented and found his way back. Um, So all of us from time to time will be swept away by the crowd. But what is key? The key is to order our lives to serve the vulnerable. And that takes courage and grace. Um, And even with courage and grace, you can feel the power of the spirit of the age and the spirit of the crowd pushing you away. But this show is brought to you by the Vulnerable People Project. And so what we are about is standing with the vulnerable when the crowd is bearing down on you. You know, even now with their work in Afghanistan, everyone celebrated it 18 months ago. And now people go, you still doing that? You still doing that? I thought we were over that. Well, the job's not done. What, do you just want me to walk away from uh, 180,000 SIVs? Afghan allies who are being hunted? You just want me to walk away from vulnerable ethnic and religious minorities that we promised to support, that I think this was going to be an 18-month project. No, I didn't. Um, But when I see the crowds leave, that's my cue to stay. That's what we're about. And I know that's what you're about. This show has been the greatest blessing to the Vulnerable People Project. You have allowed us to become the only organization operating across every province in Afghanistan, not to mention our work in Nigeria and other places. You're giving us the resources to do that. So go to thegreatcampaign.org this Good Friday, this Tridium, and become a monthly donor. Thegreatcampaign.org. Become a monthly donor. This episode is also being brought to you by Epoch Times. Go to iReadEpoch.com. Use the code Jason Jones. And uh, you get your first month for only a dollar. There will be plenty of shows rolling down in the next couple of weeks. Thank you for uh, going back and binge watching or binge listening episodes. I see the numbers. The numbers stayed very high and very consistent. That's because folks were going back 200 episodes and they were listening around. So thank you very much for that. Okay, on with my interview with the great John Smirrek, Jason Jones Show. John Smirak, welcome to The Jason
1: Jones Show. Hi. Hey, Jason. have blessed holy week to everyone who's
0: listening. Yeah, now you're my first guest back after an unintended one-month hiatus. I was traveling. I was in uh, the Middle East and in Europe, and uh, it just was a bit of an overwhelming trip. I carried this big podcast equipment with me everywhere I went and, and never did a single show. So wow. we had to do a Good Friday show. And I wanted to focus on the difference between Christian solidarity and victimism at the center of Good Friday. It's 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 really in many ways exemplified perfectly by Good Friday. And then you have this powerful piece over there at the stream. My pronoun is Legion, Satan, and the National Church Massacre. And then along with that, you have in there you have embedded Terry Schilling's uh, courageous tweet telling the truth about this um, rapid and I mean the, the trans violence, there's not a, there's not a trans genocide, but there appears to be a genocide against Christians being fomented by trans activists.
1: Well, you know, um, just this past week, the Blaze reported a Lutheran female pastor who identifies as transgender. She's a Lutheran pastor. At Saint Mark's Lutheran Church, in in, an, in 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 a service preparing for Easter, she compared the woman who shot up the Covenant School in Nashville to Jesus for being marginalized and ha- not having privilege and power. And she compared the people who condemned the shooting to Judas, betraying trans victims like her, the shooter, with a kiss. That is victimism in its purest
0: form. I mean, that's the religion of Antichrist. Victimism is is. the religion of Antichrist. I think back to something my daughter said to me, and you and I talked about this on the podcast a couple of months ago. I I picked my daughter up from homeschool PE now in Texas, and it was a PE program for homeschoolers. We took our, our children out of this homeschool program. It was... Hosted by a conservative Protestant denomination, it would be where your kids could come in the middle of the day and play dodgeball with each other. Right. Well, one day, one of the mothers showed up and then began to lecture the rest of the kids at the homeschool PE in Texas that this little boy is now a little girl and she's going to go by this new name. And this just struck my... uh, 11 year old daughter is absolutely bizarre so my i pick my daughter up and she's shell-shocked by all of this right
1: yeah. and
0: but this is she doesn't begin by telling me what happened she just says dad do you think that jesus is coming back soon do you think that we're approaching the end of the world and i said well i mean people always feel that princess why why would you ask that she goes. I think God is gonna is so angry right now. And I said, Well, what are you talking about? And she shared with me this story. Wow. And then I said, Well, princess, this gender confusion, this gender ideology, there are precedents in history. Of course, in Germany, they had um, racist ideology where you could get your PhD in racism and. They would write their thesis on how the earlobe of the Aryan is superior to the earlobe of the Jew. And and this is insane. But uh, so, and that was based on hate, um, virulent hatred, and God let the world continue. And don't you think that that race ideology is more offensive? Mind you, she's mixed race. More offensive to God than gender ideology and she shook her head and looked at me like I was crazy. She goes, no way, Dad. This is, this is the craziest thing ever. This she's is right. satanic. She goes, I just want to know what it's like to be a grown-up, and I'm just afraid God's about to put an end to all this. Wow. This is my 11-year-old well, she's daughter. Right.
1: She's right, because racism is a demonic exaggeration of something good, which is loyalty to your immediate family and your extended family well, if you take that to an extreme, you're only going to be loyal to people who look like you, who you think are genetically related to you, and that's that. But it's an exaggeration of something that in small doses is, 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 is beneficial. You love for your immediate family. The gender ideology, transgenderism, is a directly demonic attack on our nature as animals, on the way God made us. He made us two ways. He didn't make us 47 ways. He made us two ways, male and female. Male and female, he created them. It's in the book of Genesis. Satan, who has no body, who is a spirit, a sexless, loveless, rationalist, and a metaphysical terrorist, He hates and envies everything about us. Now, he's always tried to damn us by tempting us into sexual sins, but those are the easiest to commit and the easiest to repent. What he wants is to teach us to hate the created order and the handiwork of God as much as Satan does. He wants to school us to become little demons in his own, remade in his image and likeness. And that's what transgenderism is. And in my article at the stream, I traced it back. I, I argue that the, the Marquis de Sade is probably the first place we can identify this Gnostic spirit active in the West since the ancient world. The Gnostic spirit that rejects creation that says that any demon in hell is better than an an animal running around on the earth or the Virgin Mary because it's pure spirit and spirit is superior to matter. Well, of course that's the demon's point of view, isn't it? It's not God's point of view. He chose to become flesh. He chose to create the universe. He will redeem and resurrect the universe at the end of time. So we see the very, the very dark side of this kind of spiritual supremacy. The Marquis de Sade was the first pro-choice philosopher in history. He's the guy who came up with the argument that women need and deserve abortion rights so that they can maintain bodily autonomy and so that they can have equality with men because they can walk away from the fruits of fornication too. That argument was picked up by Jean Paul Sartre and Simone de Beauvoir, and mainstream. It is the argument of second wave feminism, and you, you get the likes of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, this nice little old Jewish lady, repeating the Marquis de Sade's ar- demonic arguments without even realizing where they came from. Yeah. So in my, it's all good. No,
0: I think that's really a profound insight that the only possible. So, with racism, you could see an exaggeration of a natural human instinct, which is to be loyal to those, to your family, to those closest to you. But this, at its heart, is really only from the demonic. This is seeing human beings the way demons wish to see human beings. They resent that we're male and female, they want us to be genderless. That's right.
1: That's right. So what I argue in in my piece, my pronoun is legion, is that the same demons, the same demons that that actually literally, and I'm not being metaphorical, the same demons that literally possessed the Marquis de Sade, kept his ideas in circulation, kept getting intellectuals fascinated by these disgusting books of of a horrible pornography that, that glorified child rape and murder and kidnapping and blasphemy. Um, this is not Playboy magazine. This is not Hustler magazine. The Marquis de Sade wrote hundreds of pages about priests raping nuns while desecrating the Eucharist. This is not sexy stuff. This is nauseating stuff. And unless you're possessed, you're not going to enjoy it. Reading it is a great way, like doing the Ouija board and summoning, summoning spirits. Well, this worldview has been mainstreamed, and it's it's in, it's presented as a form of liberation, and it's the Marquis de Sade's agenda that was behind the sexual revolution. The sexual revolution was all about. T- completely divorcing sex from, from reproduction, completely divorcing it from marriage and from commitment and making it a sterile, useless uh, leisure activity that has no real world consequences and has no meaning, therefore. So, I mean, if you think about it, if sexual intercourse is the currency of marriage it, it is, it's it's the, the means of exchange. It's the thing that distinguishes marriage from anything else. This is legitimate within marriage. It's not legitimate outside of marriage. <coughs> Excuse me. Compare that to like issuing a currency. When a government issues a currency, it has a certain value. If you want to destroy that nation, you would One way to do it is to flood the country with false currency, with counterfeited banknotes. The Germans in, under Weimar printed tons and tons and tons of Reichsmarks in order to pay off their World War I reparations. They thereby destroyed the economy and created social chaos that led the Nazis to take power. When you take something that's supposed to be valuable and significant and unique and you cheapen it, and you reproduce it infinitely and you, you you make it, you just dump them by the wheelbarrow in the street, uh, you destroy that thing. And indeed, we're seeing marriage is disappearing. In Japan, sex is disappearing. People aren't even fornicating. They they can't be bothered to leave the house, to, to leave their, their video screen.
0: And they were 10, 20 years ahead of the rest of us with the sexual revolution, right? I mean, MacArthur... Right. Shoved contraception and abortion down their throat, and I think snickered about it as a kind of a revenge. Yeah. And uh, by '92, their economy was wrecked. M- rampant promiscuity in the '90s, mid '90s, it was known for its permissiveness and its promiscuity. And now, twenty years later, it's a sexless society. And and it, 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 well,
1: old people, and young people, people dying faster than they're being born. There'll be a one-to-one ratio of retirees and workers. So you already have intellectuals calling for mass seppuku, for for the old to start killing themselves like samurai in order to cease to be a burden on the younger generation.
0: Unbelievable! it's, it's unbelievable. Now, when I've been, we're to the point now where we just have to state the obvious, and it's going to make us sound crazy. But I've been, yeah. I don't think. Young people with gender confusion are are the ones driving this, and so i've always, no. I've been asking myself for years where did this come from like the troll listening to this podcast right now fifteen years ago, if you say how many genders there are they look at you like you were crazy and said two right right Trans people t- ten years ago would have told you there's two genders what are you talking about what are you talking about um and then I'm all of a sudden Nike and uh, uh, is is putting a trans athlete as their spokesperson. Notice they're always trans. They're always men, by the way, too. It's never women going to men. We're always celebrating men going to women. Very odd. Very yeah.
1: odd. Um, but well, I, I can tell you who's driving it. Uh, Jennifer Bielek. Have you ever read her? She's a feminist who's no. decided to investigate this stuff. Okay. Um. First of all, I want to say it is Satan.
0: That's what I was going to say. What seems to me, this is just demons. This is from the pit of
1: hell. But the way the people they're using, the human influencers who are spending tens of millions of dollars to promote this, it's a small group of white male, extremely wealthy men who became addicted to pornography and developed something called autogynephilia autogynephilia is a real psychological condition though they're now trying to get it taken out of the textbooks because it's too embarrassing Autogynophilia is where a heterosexual man usually by exposure to massive amounts of pornography begins to be erotically turned on by the idea of being a woman himself and having sex with other women in other words he wants to be a lesbian.
0: I mean, this is very
1: Girardian. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's like mimetic desire. You want to be... You, 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 are, you make an idol out of women to the point you want to be a woman.
1: That's right. But you also, of course, hate the real women because you can never really be one. So misogyny is a big, profound part of it. And uh, yes, we should be viewing all these drag queen shows as the modern equivalent of blackface minstrels. You'll notice in drag shows, men don't dress up as middle-aged moms or frumpy nuns or housewives. They dress up as strippers and prostitutes, extreme, grotesque, hyper-sexualized versions of women as seen through the lustful male gaze. Which they it know very exactly, well because they're lustful males, right? So, and it's exactly ugh. like white racist Southerners dressing up in blackface and enacting their own nasty caricatures of African American behavior and appearance. It's exactly the same as all those old minstrel shows with the, with the, with the white people with pretending to have enormous lips and big big white around their eyes and and the and shucking and jiving. It is exactly the same. And I'm sure in thirty or forty years people are gonna be mortified that they indulge this vicious misogyny that is every bit as bad as the racism you see in old minstrel shows. It
0: is vicious misogyny. And we need to hold the line, right? I mean we but the only difference is that the racists that were dancing around um I don't see them as victims. I do, I really do see, this is where it gets to be a bit muddled and confused. As Terry Schilling in his tweet said, these are mentally ill people. So they're kind of like minstrel shows, if minstrel shows were puppet shows, where you had maniacs um, pulling the strings of mentally ill people, right? So
1: I, th- I think that the people who were caught up in the racism of that period, they were, you know, they had imbibed these these false ideas and these wicked ideas from the culture around them. You know, uh, they, in other words, they weren't all like Himmler and Hitler. These were people who grew up in a distorted society and absorbed its distorted ideas. So I think the comparison, you know, may even hold. And I, and I, I again, it's not usually people with gender dysphoria. Who are doing drag queen story hour, right? These these are two different groups of people. The activists trying to groom children by doing drag queen story hour at schools. These are not people with gender dysphoria. These are men who get off by dressing up as women in front of children. Yeah, in yeah, front in front of children. They're with fetish. the media,
0: I don't know if you saw we, I think we talked about. I don't know if you saw it a couple of weeks ago, there was a massive protest of drag queen story hour and it was from the quote unquote LGBTQ community. So there were a lot of trans activists Others out there yelling um at those going in for the trans story hour like they were they were yelling like you're groomers, you're groomers. Yeah. And yeah, um, these
1: are unfit these are unfit parents who should be deprived of custody of their children. Right,
0: but you saw trans activists, like trans yeah. people, yelling, and there was a guy going in that organized it, it was in a suit and a tie, it looked like, you know, a Mormon Republican. And the mm-hmm. trans activist was yelling at him, you're a groomer, why are you doing this to the kids? And so that's well, your yeah, point. I mean, these,
1: are pe- these are people who are actually suffering <clears throat> from gender dysphoria. Imagine, and they know it's suffering. Uh, imagine if... There were, there were people promoting schizophrenia, promoting manic depression, promoting clinical depression. Those who suffered from it might take exception to the fact that these people are trying to drag more people down. Now, I want to get back to Jennifer Bielek. She points out that it's uh, a few wealthy people like the two men who made The Matrix who now claim to be women Um, They are funding a lot of the trans stuff, but also the Pritzker family. Uh, The governor of Illinois Illinois has a cousin who also inherited a huge amount of money, uh, who now identifies as a woman and is pouring money into transgender activism. But these same people, these same white male billionaire perverts, are also investing heavily in big pharma because once they convince everyone that there are forty seven genders and you need medical intervention starting before puberty to manage which of those genders you are. That is a gold mine. And and we saw the I don't know if you saw the story of a whistleblower who herself I think is a is a lesbian feminist. She used to work at the at the Vanderbilt University hospital that has a gender clinic. And the director of the hospital in a, a secret meeting was telling people, you know, do not discourage people from the surgery. Do not discourage people from getting, you know, hormone treatments. This is a gold mine. This is where our money comes from. So, in, in other words, if the people resolve their gender confusion, if they decide, you know, I can live with the way God made me, nobody makes any money. Big Pharma doesn't make money. So this is a pyramid scheme, on one level, a pyramid scheme for plastic surgeons and pharmaceutical companies. It's also a demonic new religion, and it's also a misogynistic repetition of racism.
0: You know, when you say it's a new religion, there's this famous picture of the Manhattan skyline from the 1940s lit up with crosses. It's fam- you know, yeah. they would do this every Easter, every Good Friday. Well, now, of course, that same skyline will be lit up with the rainbow flag, the rainbow colors. So this really is the new religion of the age.
1: It is, and and it is... Here's what's so powerful about it. It weaponizes compassion. It takes our compassion that we've learned being a Christian society, and it realizes that's our pin code. It it, it says, oh, look, here's somebody sad. If you don't affirm his delusions, he's going to kill himself, and his blood will be on your hands. He's just like Jesus. Do you want to be one of the Roman soldiers taunting Jesus? No, right? the Christian thing to do is to cut this girl's breasts off and give this boy hormones that will cast, chemically castrate him. That's what Jesus would do. Well, no, Jesus would have driven the demons out into a herd of pigs that would have drowned in the sea. But our society is now being run by the gathering swine. The gathering swine are in the driver's seat, and they're driving us all straight to the bottom of the sea. You
0: know, it comes down to it, John. And, and and all of our work together almost fifteen years now or more. Yeah. It comes down to standing for the vulnerable community, knowing that we're gonna be called hateful. So opposing the invasion of Iraq because we know at the end of the day it's gonna be catastrophic. So then we're said we coddle dictators. Then we oppose the withdrawal from Iraq because we shattered order and we think we need to stay to maintain it, and then we're called warmongers. And then we oppose toppling Assad because we don't want to see 800,000 dead Christians. And again, with the names, now we're pacifists again. We oppose fighting to the last Ukrainian uh, for military defense contracts. And again, now we love dictators. We want to secure the border. Cute we're cute cute an yeah. We want to, We want to protect migrants from exploitation. And we want to protect um, working class Americans' wages and jobs. Uh, we're called bigots. Um, because we want border security. You wanna- and right
1: now, right now, we're trying to protect autistic girls, effeminate boys, yes. and victims of sexual abuse yes. from being misdiagnosed and mistreated by unethical doctors and rapacious pharmaceutical companies and depraved, demonic sex activists who want to groom them and spread their mental illness to another generation. You know, early on during the COVID panic attack in like March of 2020, I, I I wrote something at the stream and it's come back to haunt me. I wrote a column saying a drag queen story hour was obviously insane. It was it's an attempt by people with a mental illness, gender dysphoria to infect young, innocent people with that same mental illness. I said, it's as crazy as bringing patients with this new coronavirus and putting them in nursing homes. Well, within three weeks, that's exactly what Andrew Cuomo and Gretchen Whitmer and Gavin Newsom were doing in blue states. They were flooding nursing homes with COVID patients, thereby spiking the death statistics, killing Thousands of Korean War veterans and great grandmas in, in places where they were supposed to be safe. And and what they managed. And they, yet to their do families
0: was, couldn't go see them. Priests couldn't go right. give them last rites, hear their confessions, give them the Eucharist, but you could bring they, felons. Um, in right. one case, somebody was murdered. Um, right. They brought felons with COVID uh, that could stay next to your grandmother, but you couldn't come kiss your grandmother. Father couldn't come give her last rites. Anyway, here's
1: the worst. Here's the worst part, Jason. When these old people died, the most vulnerable people in the world, nursing home patients, they brought the COVID patients there, but they locked healthy young students in their homes. Okay. Well, when these old people died, they were bagged up like medical waste and incinerated. They didn't get Christian burial, didn't get human burials, They got cremated like aborted babies or, Pets that have been euthanized at a dog shelter by the thousands. So that's why that's the, our elite. Yeah, and that's why these are the people in charge.
0: And that's why I wanted to do the show, John, and Good Friday because this is what it is about. <laughs> um, the that are that cons, I don't know if you came up with it or I came up with it when we wrote that article. The preferential option for myself, but it it's was genius. genius. Was it me? But that's yeah. what it is, right? It's the pref It's either. The preferential option for the other or the preferential option for myself. Either I'm going to stand at the foot of the cross knowing I'm going to get spit at, kicked, and hated. Or like Peter, when they say, are you with with that guy? I know your accent. You're a Galilean. No, 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 no. I flee. It's either one or the other. And we see again and again and again the crowd shows up for the war. Let's go to war. Um... For the nonsense policies, let's uh, you know open borders because I love migrants, which means countless millions of migrants will be exploited in a dangerous underground economy.
1: It means fentanyl. I don't want to mow my own. I don't want to mow my own right, lawn, and right. I don't want to wipe my own kid's butt.
0: And I don't live in those neighborhoods, uh, and my kid will never die of fentanyl. But guess what? Your kid probably might. So
1: this the, is what it comes down the to. The crowd, the crowd always picks Barabbas every single time. And what victimism is, the the devil has found a way to make Barabbas look like the victim. Barabbas is the the real victim here, not Jesus. Barabbas is the real victim, because he's marginalized. He's a member of a disadvantaged community. He's simply someone trying to enact social change, who has been unjustly incarcerated by a patriarchal white homophobic elite, And he must be freed, and we must empower him to pursue social justice. Barabbas is the real
0: thing. You just gave me the title of the show. It's going to be Give Us Barabbas. So you have Christian families that lost their children who were slaughtered, and the crowd yells, uh, they are on the side of the trans activists with a machine gun.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, I, I think Satan may have overplayed his hand here just as he did on the original Good Friday. Mm-hmm. That Nashville massacre was so horrific, and the trans activists were so out of control that they continued to post violent memes. There's a Democratic lawmaker, I think in Wyoming, who within four days of the, of, the, of the transgender massacre in Nashville was posting a picture of a man in drag with an assault rifle calling for violence in defense of transgenders. Who is attacking transgender people? Where are the acts of violence aimed at transgender people? They they claim it is violence if you use their real names, if you won't obey them and use their preferred pronouns. That's violence because you're not obeying them. This is a massive power grab using the false pretext that if we don't cave in on every single transgender demand, there will be a suicide epidemic. It's a lie. There is no medical basis for it. There's one bad study in the Netherlands that has been discredited, that is continually repeated by transgender activists, that if you don't agree, Bruce Jenner is is a woman, if you don't let male rapists, who identify suddenly as women, if you don't let them go stay in female prisons where they can rape again, if you don't call Ellen Page what Elliot Page, you are killing people. It's a lie, but it's the kind of lie that they tell. It's like the lie that Bernard Nathanson admitted to telling when he claimed that a million women a year died from illegal back-alley abortions, when in fact it was more like 73.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? And the lie will break. So now the abortion industry admits it's killing a baby. They say, well, yes, it's taking a baby's life. Now they admit it. Uh, And in 20 years, they're going to admit, they're going to be brazen. Once we break them and we begin to win, they're going to say out loud the truth that's inescapable. Yes, we are for mutilating children. Yes, yes, that is it. Yes, you win. You're right. We are pro-mutilating children. That's right. I saw a meme so, today that said, your kid can't pretend to be an Indian on Halloween, uh, but grown men can walk around and pretend to be women and compete against uh, uh, girls.
1: Yeah. I saw another one of um, a man in a cheap wig, and it said, give us your guns or we'll kill your kids. Eesh. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. Well, I think it's appropriate to kind of leave it at that dark place. The, t- the tomb is full. It's not Easter yet. We have to... We have to face the darkness that the enemy brings in order to understand how powerful the light and the hope of Easter really are. Well,
0: you know what it is, John? We have the courage, by God's grace, when when we have the courage to stand at the cross on Good Friday, it's because we have hope in the resurrection, that we have faith. And when we run willy-nilly here and there everywhere with the crowd, it's because we're faithless. And so if you courage can't, is
1: contagious, yeah, I think if the Virgin Mary had not been standing at the foot of the cross, St John wouldn't have had the nerve to do it. There has to be somebody uh, willing to do it. Good point.: And then somebody else will do it. Just as evil as my medic, so good can be my, my medic.:
0: That's a brilliant point, John, that he really wasn't at the foot of the cross. He was at the foot of Mary. He probably couldn't leave Mary there alone, so he's like, "Oh, you're going, I got to go."
1: That but is, if she hadn't been there, he might profound. not have been, been
0: That is a very profound insight, and I believe that. That's so right. So each
1: of us should should wow. say, I'm going to be the person who stays at the foot of the cross, and then someone else will imitate you. It, it, be like the, the little boy in the emperor's new clothes. I'm sorry, but he's not wearing anything at all. At first, everyone will stare and point and yell at you, Yeah. yeah. but you're going to give courage to 100 people. And they're going to give courage to 100 people. This is why I was proud to be the first person to defend Nick Sandman against those false charges of racism. One of the first people to defend Kyle Rittenhouse, Jake Gardner, Mark Judge. And on the January 6th thing, the Reichstag riot, (laughs) I wrote defending the innocence of those peaceful demonstrators on January 7th. 2021 and I was one of John, think the of first all
0: people. the prominent Catholics that came out and went after Sandman I yeah. I had I won't say the name the person's a dear friend a pro-life leader call me and say take down your support of Nick Sandman or our organization will never be able to partner with you again and I said well give it a couple weeks and you'll agree with me which is exactly what happened. Yeah. Which is exactly yeah, National
1: what happened. Review, National Review denounced him. Robert George denounced him. Rod Dreher denounced bishop him. Barron,
0: bishop Barron B- denounced him. Yeah. His own bishop yeah. denounced him and then never well, f- yeah,
1: apologized. That's right. That's right. I was there within like an hour or two, and I said, well, doesn't the First Amendment protect this kind of activity? It seems to me it's perfectly legal. Well, they and, uh, denounced
0: we should- him, John, because they had the preferential option for themselves. Oh, my right. gosh. I don't want to be identified with that guy. And they're calling that little boy a racist and a this and a that. Right. So I better denounce him so that the mob passes over me. They're like, Peter, I'm not yeah. with him. Oh, no, no, no. Yes, you are. Aren't you pro-life? Aren't you Catholic? No, 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 no. Not that racist guy. Well, it seemed like he was just standing there as they were assaulting him. Yeah. No, I denounce him.
1: It's just that Winston Churchill described this the best. He talked about appeasement as the fine art of throwing your friends to the alligator, to the crocodiles in the hope that you'll be eaten last.
0: Yeah. Why don't we lack, what is, what is it? What is it? Is Is it grace? Is it, we didn't have nothing to lose anyways. We're shameless. What is it that allows you to say, you know what? I'm going to defend Nick Sandman day one. I'm going to stand with the j 6 protesters. On the 7th. I, have...
1: I, I don't want to live in a world where you're not free. I don't want to live in a world of carnivorous sheep and gathering swine. So if this gets me killed, it's better than surviving in the world these people are creating. I'm going to go out like Scarface.
0: Yeah, I like that. And I tell my kids, when the mob boos you, that's a bigger compliment than when they cheer you. That's right. That's, so, when,
1: you, that's when you moon
0: them. <laughs> right? <laughs> when, when the mob is, like, throwing rocks at you, that is a bigger compliment than when they cheer you. Because when they cheer right. you, maybe it's because you're the fastest guy in the Olympics, or maybe it's because you're Hitler at the Olympics. That's right. And, that's right. But when the mob <laughs> is booing you and throwing rocks at you, I mean, it's you know probably know you, did you, know right. you did something right. You did something right, and and, exactly. it, and it required courage and fortitude. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right? All right, John. It's Good Friday.
0: I'm going to let you go.
1: <laughs> Have a happy, blessed Easter, and you and your family. All right. God bless, brother. God bless. Bye.
0: All right. What? Well, but probably not the uh, the best topic to come back to after a month. Um, but I, I think it's necessary. And I think John hit it. You know, uh, I love that. Give us Barabbas. The crowd always chooses Barabbas. And with God's grace, we should always stand with the innocent victim. Which as Christians, obviously, we know that whenever we, we stand with the innocent victim, we're told it's as if we're standing with Christ. And that's what we're doing. And this trans insanity has to be resisted and I really believe it all really begins with in the 70s when we pretended not to know the biological beginning of the human person was fertilization we played that game and then they just were able to play the climate change game and then the the gender is fluid claim and uh you know where does it go from I'm really interested sometimes I think we should just all quit right we should all uh, stand out of the way and just put up lawn shears and drink beer. Not not Anheuser Bush products. No, not Anheuser Bush. But uh, drink beer and, and just watch. Like, okay, what's next? Like, I do sometimes go where, where, where can they go from here? But but the reason we don't do that is because there are real victims. I hope to do plenty of shows over the next couple of weeks. Um, as I said in the introduction. Was on the road for the past over the past month, and we got a lot done. It was a very successful uh, trip. And I um, apologize that we've been slow on the shows. But what's interesting is our numbers have been pretty high still because you guys go back and binge shows. We have like, I don't know, 300 shows now. And so even when I don't do shows, I'm shocked to see that we keep pretty good numbers. Um, because everyone's going back and listening to the old shows. I really, for those of you who are doing that, I really do appreciate that. And why don't you go in there and give us five stars and write a comment too, while you're going back and listen to the uh, listen to the old shows. All right, until next time. Oh, this episode is being brought to you by the Vulnerable People Project. And um, go to thegreatcampaign.org, check out the work we've been doing. Become a monthly donor. Monthly donors are at the heart of the work that we do. And this podcast is, has really, uh, we've increased our monthly donors almost to the point where uh, 100% of our operating cost is covered by monthly donors, which is a big relief for us. Um, So go to thegreatcampaign.org, look at our work. We do stand with the most vulnerable people in the world when the world has left. This week, we have projects moving forward in Nigeria. Um, We're laying the groundwork for some big projects in Lebanon, Iraq, and Syria. Um, We're hoping to go into Yemen this year. And of course, as you know, we're working to free our bishops in China. And our massive project, we're the only organization operating across every province in Afghanistan. So check us out, thegreatcampaign.org. Become a monthly donor. Until next time, the Jason Jones Show. This has been the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. E Amém